You're listening to the Geriatric Mamas Podcast with Jessica Raziri and Sonia Tapley. Hey, Geriatric Mamas, Jessica here. The episode you're about to listen to is with a childhood friend of Sonia's, Abby Pooler. Abby was so gracious to open up to us about her journey of being a foster parent and then moving on to adoption. Trigger warning, it is kind of a heavy episode. There's definitely a lot of emotions, definitely some tears are shed. Out of privacy and respect for the family, we've been asked not to disclose the child's name. So anytime you hear a beep, just know that it's the child's name and we're not dropping a bunch of F-bombs. We would just drop those. No need to bleep that out. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. So your makeup looks really good. It's Drew Barrymore <laughs> concealer, and I can't wait to try it because it just looks gorgeous. Well, I've I love thought- Drew Barrymore. I, I know, you me know, too. Like, yeah. And the dark circles. Yeah. And it has been a whole path of trying so many things. <laughs> I know. You were... <laughs> the oil was in it, so I thought that was going to be helpful in some capacity. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it awesome. looks great. You're glowing. You have like a nice, like little, like beachy glow to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was um, so you guys, please bear with me because my internet has been so spotty today. So if I just cut out, you can just like pretend like you don't need me here. Okay. To have the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have um, the outlines. You know what to do. So anyways, we have my childhood bestie and still one of my very close friends, Abby Pooler, here with us today because we're going to be talking about her journey to parenthood with her wife, Emma, and it involves fostering and adoption. So we're super excited for today's episode because it's just such a special story. Uh, So we have known each other, Abby and I, since we were three and four years old we went to Mm -hmm. ballet together um in scarborough maine and our mothers met each other (laughs) while they were waiting for us in dance and became fast besties (laughs) which means by default abby and i got to hang out a lot and then we fell in love with each other too so um we just kind of know each other inside and out like sisters so abby um (laughs) I I want to give you a little plug here because I know you just officially started your very own LLC, Yoga with Abby. Can you tell me a little bit about that or tell us a little bit about that? So thank you so much for doing that, by the way. Um, I just started my own business as Yoga with Abby. I've been actually doing that for about 10 years, but I actually officially started a business and I left the corporate world Mm -hmm. and demands. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It was quite scary. Uh, you know, it, you have to take sort of this leap of faith um, and just trust with your intentions. And um, I did it. I felt like it was the right time. I worked in financials. I worked in banking, business banking for a long time. And mm-hmm. kind of all of the things I did in the corporate world really set me up for success in this world. Mm-hmm. So I teach, uh, I don't actually have a studio. I go where yoga is needed. And I also teach kids yoga as well. So I'm certified in both. Yeah, both <laughs> adult and kids yoga. That's awesome. So also gets to benefit from that, I'm sure. He does. Yes. Um, he calls it yogurt once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. That's so, so cute. cute. So, have you done... 
Have you ever done um, goat yoga? Have you seen that? So I've seen it. I haven't actually done it yet. But funny you said that because this weekend I'm actually doing yoga with alpacas. Abby, oh my gosh i need videos i need photos um we need to like share this on the gram like people need to see this yeah you need to send us so cool are they baby alpacas are they adult alpacas like how does this work yeah i actually went uh it's a it's a wonderful little farm here it's called tupelo acres and it's uh a woman run farm and they actually have this whole coalition of women farmers which is kind of cool so um i met with april that owns a farm and i went there it's a little bit of a drive but it was beautiful but i went there and i just had this like amazing feeling uh of course who doesn't smile (laughs) right a q-tip with legs basically (laughs) so cute yeah and so i went there i checked it out it's beautiful she's like one of the very few um people that still take the fleece and spin and make yarn out of it and still use it yeah cool that's awesome her alpacas are also sweet i played my singing bowl for them and yeah, I have a video. I'll send it to you. But it, they have a alpaca. Wait, hold between. on. Are you doing? Are the alpacas doing yoga, or are you doing oh. yoga with the alpacas? I <laughs> <laughs> just like wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, They're I'm picturing alpacas <laughs> like and downwards dog. <laughs> Uh, uh, um, some of them will pick it up <laughs> right they'll just follow along um they actually have quite a bit of sass to them which i kind of like about them, yeah they'll walk past you and be like yeah you know? they're just like <laughs> side-eyeing you yes <laughs> oh my gosh how yeah, cool we're gonna be in the pasture and we're gonna be doing yoga we're gonna place uh, a little bit of grain and like the people's hands as they're mm-hmm. in a posture. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That'll be oh fun. Oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely. Please, please, please send yeah. us pictures and stuff of this. This sounds yeah. just so amazing. That's so, awesome. Abby, you're in the Lake Erie area, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. In Erie, Pennsylvania. Yep. Perfect. Do you want to just let everybody know where they can find you on social? Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can go to Facebook, uh, Yoga with Abby. Um, and then you can also go to Instagram. Uh, that's yoga underscore with Abby. So you can find me there. And just to let you know, website and virtual classes to come mm-hmm. soon you guys as well i know Yay. i have so many family members that are like i want to come to your class and like yeah you know? that's awesome i would yeah. love to join that yeah. is so, so cool. exciting that's so yeah. great. well congratulations yeah. that's so awesome i love that i love it thank you so tell us abby a little bit about how you and emma met she's gonna, oh she's gonna love this so our story <laughs> kind of cute, but uh a little funny too um which makes sense for us um so there's uh, these free concerts here in Erie called Eight Great Tuesdays, and they're wonderful. Um, where you go right on Lake Erie and you see these beautiful bands, and there was this one band that was um, that was playing called Donna the Buffalo, and um, and I saw her from mm-hmm. literally across the crowd, 
Mm-hmm. And I was super creepy. Let me just tell you, <laughs> I, I was staring at her like a weirdo. Like looking back, I'm like, you know, like, why did she even, you know? But I was staring at her, and I guess she noticed at one point. I didn't notice, but then I don't know how I didn't notice. But anyways, but then she <laughs> left where she was, and I looked over, and she wasn't there. And I had this feeling. Like, oh, like defeat, like as if, oh, yeah. I'm never going to know. I'm never yeah. going to talk to this woman. I'm never going to, you know. And then suddenly, <laughs> she's like pretty close to me. And I had a couple of friends back to me. And I was like, oh, my God, look, you know, oh, my God. She'll talk to her. Like, all of a sudden, I have no confidence anymore, you know. And I'm just like, yeah. she'll talk to her. And they're like, just do it, just do it. Even though I was like freaking out that I didn't talk to her two seconds ago. You know? And I just kind of go, hi. I'm <laughs> so, so like, cute. <laughs> <"Hey>, what? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm Abby. And we, um, we, we just started talking. Now our first date was horrendous. It was horrendous uh she when she gets nervous she has rbf she has resting bitch face for days oh and she's super quiet and yeah like sonia's met emma i don't know jess if you've met emma but i haven't met her she if you don't know her and she's got that you know she looks like she she could take you you know what i mean mm-hmm. she's like, <laughs> but people want and so she's got that going and when i get nervous yeah so we're going on a hike in the middle of the woods. <laughs> I'm thinking, I just set up like somebody to kill me. <laughs> I, don't I don't know her. Like, what's going to mm-hmm. happen? So I start to get nervous because she's like, you know, and so I'm talking and I'm basically telling her my life story and I'm just going. And mm-hmm. she's, and I'm like, she hates me. <laughs> worst thing ever and I I'm like we get back to the car I'm like so do you want to go up for coffee coffee and she's like no (laughs) (laughs) okay and then I get home and my roommate's there and I just I'm talking to her and I'm crying and I'm like this is the worst thing ever she hates me like no 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 don't worry about it but then we ended up talking on the phone for like four hours straight. And that's when we were both comfortable enough. But mm-hmm. it was the first date was so bad. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Did she ever, did she think it was bad? Like, did she ever explain herself? I like, think why? she did. Yeah, she did. I yeah. remember her telling me that actually. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, I don't know. I think it's kind of cute because. No, it yeah. is cute. It's it funny. Is. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Kind of cool. The meter in I person. love that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know. It's funny. Adam and I like talk all the time. We're just like, God, if we had to start over and we were like in the dating world right now, like, I don't know the first thing about these dating apps. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. glad that like we met, we met old school style. <laughs> yeah. Like when it's so funny though, cause it's like when I tell people how we met, it's like, they're just like, Oh wow. Like that doesn't happen anymore. And you're like, mm-hmm. uh, well, it happened for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, it is pretty cool. I love that story. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what jumping into parenting, what made you and Emma decide that you wanted to foster? Well, 
Okay, so a little backstory. Um, mm-hmm. I personally have always wanted to be a mom, and I have always wanted to have a child. I've always thought uh, that that was amazing on so mm-hmm. many levels. Kind of the nerdiness in me wanted to see genetically what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that we can actually yeah. like make something inside of us. I just think mm-hmm. that whole thing is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to go through that. But I know that in being in a gay relationship, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you are unfortunately a science experiment, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not, and I know you can, you know, everybody can have that science experiment sort of situation. It's not just gay couples, but it's, it has to be that for us. There's no other option. So it's not like we can have sex. Woohoo! And you know, there's doctors involved. There's, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. not really pretty, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a beautiful sort of situation when that mm-hmm. all comes, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, we talked about that. We talked about artificial insemination. We talked mm-hmm. about who should do it, you know, Emma didn't really want to, uh, have a child physically, but personally, I had many issues with periods, with my body, things of that nature, where, that was a little iffy if that could even happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So we talked about all of those things and the option of adoption came up. Um, It's always been sort of there, but again, I wanted to physically have a child, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't really have that. But then uh, Emma and I met each other later in life. We got married in 2017. I was like, well, how old I, were you? Sorry, how old were you in 2017? Oh my God, Jessica, you making me do math? I'm sorry, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm, just like for purposes so, of like our okay. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> calculator. Um, so, You're not that old that you need a calculator. <laughs> well, yes. Um, Wait. So I am so six years ago, and I am gonna be 40. So you know, you're like um, 34. So 34. When you, you got know, married? Yes. Yeah. I'm okay. going to be 40 on the 4th. Woohoo. Join the club. I just turned 40. I say I just. It was in February. I'm still in denial it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to forget yeah. it happens, but it happens. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm kind of excited because. You're excited? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, Good. I have my moments of like, uh, you know, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited because I hear that. 40 give no fucks you know what i mean like you don't <laughs> it's true. yeah and i'm excited about that i'm like bring it you know? yeah that's good that's a good take i like that i'll, I'll accept that bring on that and i don't i don't want to care about the trivial things anymore yeah. yeah yeah i'm with you sorry i interrupted so you got oh, married okay. at 34 <laughs> yeah. and and i'm not saying that you can't have children obviously when you're older okay that is Uh, That is an obvious thing. But as we get older, we begin to actually, uh, we're less naive, we're less like ignorant to what happens. We are more comfortable in our bodies. We know what's going on. And I was kind of like, all right, do I need to? Do I still want to actually put my body through all that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
it's really a personal choice whether or not you really want to do that because it's a trauma to the body. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, but there is so much stuff that goes on. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, there are so many beautiful babies out there that need a home. And I don't need to do all of that mm -hmm. to become a mother. So we decided, you know, we could have done straight adoption. We decided to do the foster to adopt process. Um, there's a couple of reasons why a lot of people will do that. Number one, uh, number one is usually financially. Okay. Mm -hmm. So funny, like adopting a child is very expensive. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, kid, you have <laughs> us, but we can't pay for college now. You know what I mean? Right. So it's very, it's very expensive. And then also we kind of like the fact of like helping in the community and being like local and mm -hmm. also finding that beautiful way of like coexisting together before mm -hmm. we, and kind of having that process. Right. Um, so decided we were going to become foster parents and Ah, <laughs> uh, the yeah. process of starting that uh, was very extensive. I mean, basically, this is how you have to think about it, right? You're being employed by the state, mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't think about that, right? And I'm only going to be talking about Pennsylvania because I don't know the other states, right? Right. So you, you're getting employed by the state. They're, they're going to be, you know, sending you money, a stipend. But you are a foster parent for the state. So you have certain guidelines you have to follow. You have certain trainings you have to do. You have certain everything. And the process in preparation, you, I mean, nine months, right? You're preparing your baby. This process, let me just tell you. I mean, we had people that had to come in and examine our home. We have, we had to write an autobiography. What do you mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know how else to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, it didn't have to be down to the nitty gritty, but there was a right. lot. I mean, the paperwork was, and again, I understand why, but mm -hmm. I also want you to think about this. In that paperwork, we had to explain any sort of trauma or any sort of emotional upbringing issue that happened to us from birth to now. So anything that has ever happened. <laughs> You had to. Oh my God, I would get ejected so fast. <laughs> yeah, you had to open up these strangers, and you yeah. had to be like, "This is what." And I had, I had sexual assaults happen to me. I've had all kinds of different traumas happen to me, and you know, I had to talk about that again. You know, so mm -hmm. we have strangers, <laughs> and mm -hmm. this is their job for sure, but right. it's a lot. So, and they have to know. They have to know this. Are you ready for this? what your parents did to you as a child. So if your child, if you got a spanking, which let's just be honest in our, we all got spankings. We all got mm -hmm. spanked, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was put on there. Mm -hmm. Because if we think about it, you know how we always say, we're not going to do what our parents did or anything like that. And, yeah. you know, so they're thinking like you have to, you have to disclose. So that whole process we had to do things like, here's a couple of really interesting things that people don't think about when we prepare our home. So obviously, you're, you don't want your child like playing with um, chemicals or like, mm -hmm. right, like cleaning products. We had to take all of our cleaning products, any booze 
that was in the house and we had to lock them up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, from a two year old, you know, obviously, yeah. you, you don't put your kid near them, right? We had to put a no, no smoking sign on the refrigerator. What? Who's smoking a in no the refrigerator? smoking sign on your refrigerator. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> it's so pretty. That's such a nice deco. <laughs> I would have a problem with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh go with my decor you know right <laughs> that's exactly where my mind is it's like exactly uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> can it be farmhouse style <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so we had to do that we had emergency contacts that we had to have and then you have to get approved for a certain amount of children based on space based on beds based on like you had to have a bed you had to have a dresser or something for the clothing which makes sense mm-hmm. obviously but, but you don't just, but you don't have the child at this point so you're having to get all this stuff ready hy- for a hypothetical child that you don't even know if you're yeah. going to get approved right or not. and we get approved right and then we wait for the call now here's mm-hmm. the thing about that is when you get the call like you may have a baby or you, well you know, whatever age you decide, but we could mm-hmm. have had a baby in crib or we could have had a toddler in a toddler bed. Mm-hmm. So we don't have necessarily all of the things, mm-hmm. but we have like the first placement we had were two boys and we had two hours to get ready. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> Literally uh, two hours to figure out two beds and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, here's the thing. You're supposed to have like things, right? But like, right. but like they give you a sort of a purchase agreement that like is a certain lump sum of money that once you have the child, the caseworker gives that to you. So then you can go purchase the stuff. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you have some you. help. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be like, hey guys, nice to meet you. Let's all get in the car. Let's go uh, buy. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I, yeah. So you go and you get at least a couple of days worth of things, mm-hmm. right. you know, and, um, but yeah, two hours. That's <sighs> crazy. So your so, first, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you probably have the same question that I do. Um, cause this is my, and I'll get into this later. I, we were, we were exploring the whole fostering and adopting thing too. And it takes, first of all, I just want to say that it takes, it takes a really remarkable person to like, I don't know why I'm getting emotional (laughs) 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 to do what you've done because the whole thought of, you know, you fall in love with these kids. And then the idea of somebody can come in and just say, well, their family got their shit together. So we're taking them back, you know, Mm -hmm. and I had gone through a lot of loss personally, you know, with the whole fertility and stuff. And so that's why I opted not to do the whole foster thing because I just knew my heart wouldn't be able to handle that. So like what, um, how did you handle that? Like how did, yeah, not to go really heavy. I knew it was going to be a heavy topic, but it's like, that's, that's the, you know, it's hard, you know, cause everybody's just like, well, you could foster, you can adopt, but it's like, they're not thinking about, there's so much there, you know, it, it's, it's a lot. I, so (laughs) You had the boys first, right? You you were approved. You had the boys. And I know, I don't really know exactly the whole story on that, but I know that it kind of goes along with Jessica's question. Um, 
So I don't know if you want to talk through your first foster children a little bit. So, um, so just to say, and this relates to Jessica's question in particular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is absolutely no way to completely prepare for that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But you, like so many things that we endure as women, as parents, we were able to get through it. Um, we're able to go through it. And, and the, the things that I have to think about is, even though... I don't know, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> okay, I brought tissue. I got tissue right here. You're like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh. I'm an extremely empathetic person. <laughs> don't find me. Oh. Just go through it with you over here. <laughs> I'm gonna mm-hmm. say, like, <laughs> uh, Sonia's just gonna drink every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Sonia's just laughing. It will be fun. No, oh. I've been. I'm, I'll be there eventually. I've been like an emotional mess about this kind of stuff lately. So yeah, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so with with that, okay. You, if you feel like you can't, you won't get attached. You should not foster. Mm-hmm. You have to attach because mm-hmm. these babies deserve attachment. Mm-hmm. They deserve every bit of your love and attachment. And so you can't not. And if you mm-hmm. don't, then, then you should not be doing it. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, like if anybody's listening and they're saying to themselves, like, should I do this or not do this or whatever? And they're like, I can't get attached. Well, then you have to get attached. That's, that's the, that's the answer. But there's a way of telling yourself, even though they're in your home and that they, uh, I can, I all, we always considered them ours, you know, mm-hmm. ours. And we're just like, you know, they're, they're our babies. They're our kids. You have to realize that they're not. Mm-hmm. Yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that they are with you for whatever time they're supposed to be with you. And that whatever time they are with you, whether it's small or long, that you're giving them all this wonderful nourishment of love and food and clothing and mm-hmm. adventures and life experiences and you're giving them all of this stuff in this time frame now that all being said it's fucking hard Mm -hmm. it's probably the worst pain i've ever been in my life and i've never birthed a child (laughs) yeah but it has been um the worst pain now with talking about that first and foremost i am going to say that just a little plug here that i i'm coming from our experience Mm -hmm. okay and there are so many wonderful experiences of fostering out there. Unfortunately, Emma and I had a very rocky road. And our hopes is that the system will change. But the system won't change if there's not good foster parents out there that are willing mm-hmm. to do what they need to do and speak out about mm-hmm. stuff that happens that shouldn't be happening. So with that being said, we had two little boys. They came to us. And one was eight months old, oh and God. the mm-hmm. other was two. 
and they were beautiful. I remember they got there before I did, before we did, before Emma was there. Emma was at Walmart, like buying a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll get home, I'll get home. And I'm coming up the driveway and I see these two blondies. <laughs> and I'm like, they're so oh, adorable. So we cute. Yeah. We don't get pictures. We have no clue. Basically, we get their names, uh, their ages. Um, sometimes we'll get kind of what they've been through or things of that nature. But we don't get a lot of information. So with mm -hmm. that being said, you know, you have these children that you don't get their whole background until they're in your home. So we have these two babies that I see, you know, and of course, I can't, <laughs> all I want to do is cry <laughs> yeah. and hold them and whatever. And I, you know, you can't, you can't get overly emotional. Mm -hmm. You have to stay cool because these babies are like, you know, they literally just hours ago were taken from their biological parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we know that that's not a good situation, right? We know that. But these kids don't have a clue, okay? They don't know any different. They, um, all they know is that these, these people, they're, they're going away from people that they know. And now they're in this home with two people that they do not know. So there's a lot. But when we met the boys, they were very dirty. Um, the baby had uh, on, like they both had clothing on that didn't fit them. Um, so these, um, sorry, are these, um, are they coming straight from the parents and the situation at that point and to you? Okay. Got it. So that's the fostering process, right? Okay. So, so basically the state has gotten involved with what's going on at their home situation, whether it's abuse, neglect, unsafe, whatever it is. And the state has now come in and they remove the children from the home and then they bring them to a foster home. God, how traumatizing mm -hmm. for the child. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's gotta be. So, uh, they're beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful babies. Uh, so I, the eight month old had never been in a crib before and brain development for an eight month old is that they know <laughs> if they cry in their crib and you come in there, they know that that is <laughs> going to happen. Like they have that brain development, right? So mm -hmm. he was at the age where crib training was going to be a feat. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. going to be a huge mountain. And I guess finding out that they had, you know, slept on one mattress, uh, soiled, you know, the whole situation, all the kids. And there were six total in the family. Oh, my gosh. We had two, the other there were two other foster homes that were involved and uh, they came from pretty bad situation. Um, that left to zero sleep. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, the two-year-olds uh, did fine. You know, he slept through most of it. Um, but the eight-month-old was a lot. So that's mm -hmm. when I had my first taste at newborn-ish mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. He was still in a bottle. We did the bottle situation. I, I kind of feel what new moms feel, you know, that first like couple of weeks that you do not remember. Mm -hmm. It's like you out 
I woke up <laughs> like a month later. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we did with them, we had to, uh, you know, go to visits. So what happens in the process is we had to go to visits uh, with the biological parents. So you literally know that these people are unsafe and you have to drop off your babies to these people. Now they're supervised at first, but you have to drop them off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're changed, sometimes they're not. Some, and you have to supply a diaper bag. You have to, you know, and they're getting coached on how to be a parent. Um, and the requirements for the biological parents to get the children back are not even close to what we had to go through to become foster parents. I mean, it depends on what's on their thing, but it is not like they want the state wants the basics to be met in order for the child to go back. So like one time the boys went with uh, a bio parent and they came back in clothes that were falling off their bodies or they came back with clothes that were too tight on their bodies. Like, you know, onesies mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that they fit right because that's yeah. really on yeah. so many things. Right. Right. So I make a statement to the caseworker, hey, you know, this stuff isn't, and you know what they say? Mm. At least they clothe them. Wow. What? That's yeah, the requirement. It's, like, it's very, our, our understanding, and it's so hard to not judge or criticize these biological parents, okay? Because we, I mean, I'm just going to assume here. I know Sonia's upbringing pretty much, but I don't know yours, Jess, but I, I'm assuming that, yeah, we had our shit, right? <laughs> Growing mm -hmm. up and our parents, that's mm -hmm. But for the most part, you know, we were taught, you know, things. We were taught, you don't put a baby in a crib with a bottle of juice overnight. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know, you have to change their diaper all the time. You have to do this and that. We were told a lot of these things or our upbringing was different on how mm -hmm. parenting should be. And these people have no clue compared to what we have. So... Mm -hmm. And then they have mental health and then they have like addiction. They have a lot of other things that's going on. So even though our first thing to do is to get really angry and that was a battle too, is to not get so angry at these biological parents. Like, I don't want you to have these kids back because you messed up. So sorry. You're not going to have them back because why would I do that? Why would we do that? Right. Mm. But you know, it's, it's generational trauma, it's generational addiction, it's generational mental illness. And, you know, they were given a lot of tries to get their children back and a lot of help to get their children back. So uh, in, in Pennsylvania, just so you guys know, like, there's, there's an unwritten sort of like, 15 month sort of cutoff. In like 15 months, uh, the courts say, hey, what's going on? Like if nothing has happened, if they don't have a goal, they're just like, what's going on? So that's nice. Not all states have that. So just FYI, like Ohio, like I have a friend that's a foster parent there. They'll have these foster kids for like years. And then they'll go back to their biological parents. Years. God. Mm -hmm. So at least in Pennsylvania, we have 15 months. So, um, yeah. but that's. 
that's sort of, I don't want to be so long winded. I know that I've just been talking. Your no, head. that was, <laughs> that no, was like it's okay. Really, really. Yeah. No, this is good. Yeah. So it's good to know what the boys went through was lots of uh, visits. There was a lot of like issues where sanitary issues. Uh, I mean, the boys would come home with stomach aches because they would eat like crappy food, which mm -hmm. we didn't um, right mm -hmm. on a regular basis or anything. I mean, who doesn't like a good pizza once in a while? But, right. <laughs> but it wasn't like all they were getting. <laughs> yeah, right. And so they come back with stomach aches and like diarrhea and issues. And, you know, they every time they came back, they've been listening to a totally different parenting tactic. Mm -hmm. And so you get like, and then they saw these people. Mm -hmm. So there's trauma and they come back to you and they're a mess all again. So it's mm -hmm. like constant picking up their pieces, constant. Um, and I guess that's one of the things that was kind of nice too about becoming a foster to adopt parent was that you get a lot of training on trauma and behaviors and, you know, um, the stages in which a child goes through and how to parent, which honestly, like if I didn't have those things, I mean, you know, we've, we feel like we're messing up every day. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. so, yes, but, we all do. <laughs> right. Right. But like, <laughs> As a parent that's not becoming a foster parent, right? You don't, you don't get training. Mm -hmm. You don't get, right. you don't get a training when you're pregnant. Right. They don't say, right. hey, you're going to go take Lamaze and a parenting class to help you with anything you want. To yeah. help. Right. <clears throat> right. They should, but they don't. <laughs> right. right. We will eliminate some foster problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's yeah. currently over 400,000 children in the foster care system that's crazy yeah, that breaks my heart so those, it's heartbreaking because it's like they don't you know you hear all the time like um one of the things that a lot of you know women that are dealing with fertility issues here often well you can always adopt you can always adopt you can always adopt and it sounds so easy to somebody to just say that not understanding just everything that goes into it. And it's like, you have all these babies, like you just said, that are in the system that need a home. But as you also said, the system's a bit backwards and they don't make it easy. They, mm -hmm. they make it to my understanding. And from hearing your story, it's like, they, they make it. Um, so it's like, you have like this, like great family that can provide for the child. And then you have, the biological parents and it's like the law is just so much on the biological parent side even though mm -hmm. they've proven over and over and over and over again to be unfit it's like at what point are we like okay enough you know right. what i mean like i don't know i just yeah. it just sounds so backwards to me it right. is and i think the hardest part as a foster parent is you're kind of looked at as a glorified babysitter mm -hmm. Yeah, and you aren't really listened to. Like, you're like, this child's in my home. I know everything that's going on with this child. Yeah. I bonded with this child. Like, I can tell when this child does this or this child cries this way or acts this way. Like, what's going on? Like, I have this intu intuition mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. coming through, right? Mm -hmm. But the 
caseworkers don't take into account too much. I mean, not all of them, okay? But for the majority, what I've heard and what we've experienced is we're glorified babysitters. We have a job to do. And mm-hmm. if the parents fail, then they'll start talking to us. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's really, it's really hard. And I'm not saying, listen, there are some really bad foster parents out there. Okay. Right. And there are people that do it for the money and do all that. And let me tell you something. <laughs> you get help financially. But if you think that that is going to cover everything a child needs, right. you are so just, you don't know at all. And right. you, you can't know. You have to kind of figure out what to say, how to say things. It's like learning a brand new language on how to really talk to the caseworkers, you know, and how to get what you need done for the child. Because basically you're like advocating for this child. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, advocating, advocating, you're saying, you know. Right. What they think. I mean, you're getting services for the most part, like. You're getting services for like early intervention. You're getting services for therapy. You're doing a lot for these babies, for these right. kids. And, you know, and I'm sure uh, that not all like caseworkers are created equal, but it's like, why can't they understand? They they're so well trained in their jobs. I mean, not all of them. Why can't they understand the difference between somebody who's sincerely advocating versus? Mm-hmm a foster foster parent who's maybe just doing it for the money or doesn't necessarily have the kid's best interest at heart, you know, it's weird. I mean, or are they just supposed to treat everybody the exact same and, you know, go about their day? Right. Kind of, I think that they, like any job, you kind of have to have protocols and you have Mm -hmm. to do things. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, they can't do and you know it it trickles downhill so it's not like this problem is just the caseworkers right 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 uh, right but, but you know you they're state employees so you have you have state employees that are overworked underpaid you think about how many kids are in the foster care system and i'm just going to be a hundred percent truthful on this and this is a political view but with Roe versus Wade being overturned we're going to have a mess more you know there's going to be so many more children and we're already they're already maxed mm-hmm. and you've got you've got caseworkers that have huge caseloads now with that being said though you know I I personally like went through bad caseworkers through mm-hmm a place called OCY and uh, I couldn't, we couldn't get a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, and I try to be compassionate, but it's really hard. It's really yeah. hard. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know, Sonia, it's a, it's a really good question. I asked myself that all the time. You know, I don't understand why you don't care. I had a caseworker say once, they came from filth. They can return to filth. Oh my Stop. goodness! I, yep, I've Talk had it. I've about I've jaded. I've laughed at a biological parent in the courtroom. Wait, you no. were laughed at? No, mm. the biological parent was laughed at in the courtroom. 
And you don't do that. I'm sorry. No, no. these are very, I, this is the most sensitive thing in the entire world. There's a respect issue. Okay. And let right. me, like, with that being said too, with respecting, you know, I, when I went to court for the, my other placement, which I know we'll get to, which is the girls, when I went to, um, when I went to court for that, we actually got a chance to see their biological parents. And let me tell you, that was, we had to see a mother choose to give up her babies. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Now, in that way, it was an act of love. But because still the hardest. she could not by any means take care of them and what they needed. And we had to witness a father literally, for lack of a other way to describe, I wouldn't be surprised if he told me there was dragons on the wall. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was right batshit crazy. And I had to see that. Mm -hmm. And to know that these two little girls that were in my house had to live with that. Mm -hmm. It was, it was hard. You know, you, you want, you want to look at them and say, I will take care of them. Let them go. Mm -hmm. Right. But I mean, it's, it's a whole, it's a, it's a trifecta of emotions. Mm -hmm. It's a trifecta. It's like, it's, you think about, just the foster parent, but there is so much involved. Mm -hmm. um, and just so you know, the boys, just to conclude the boys really quick before we move on to any other placements, the boys uh, left, they went back to a bio parent um, and four other siblings. So it was them. So it was made four. So those two and then the other two went with one biological parent. Um, and that biological parent in, you know, at the, I mean, that is a single parent. Mm -hmm. That's not two parents. So mm -hmm. you think about it for a minute and think about having four children. It's mm -hmm. a lot. I mean, young kids. <clears throat> yeah. So to yourself, <laughs> it, it's hard to say, cause I knew that their whole life style and their whole life was going to change. Mm -hmm. That's Right. And when they left, uh, the biological parent wanted no communication with us. So we were told we're going to come at this time, at this day, and pick up the boys, have them ready. That process is uh, to get an overnight bag, a couple of, couple of days worth, um, favorite stuffies, uh, favorite things, blah, blah, blah. And then... You have to inventory their items. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about all of the things you ever bought your child. Mm -hmm. so we how were long, and how long did you have them for? Oh, we had them for 15 months. So you have a lot of stuff. No, does that right. stuff go with them? Does that stuff all go with them? Yeah. So we are required to keep all of their clothing since they came to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all of their stuff. Now we keep the things that are like beds or mattresses. Right. 
or some sheets and stuff, you know, stuff like that. Like we keep the stuff that we need for like the next placement. Okay. Cause biological parent needs to have all of those things set up for them. Okay. But, um, but yeah, we have to inventory everything. We have to put it in boxes. They come for that at another time. So I will never forget buckling them into their car seats and seeing them. I'm so sorry. And, and, you know, needing to walk back into the house and go into their baby's room mm -hmm. without a baby there. Mm -hmm. It's literally like, like a death because yeah, you know you're never going to see them again. And it's I'm hard so to sorry. The living. Yeah. You know. Right. Because you Why know that they're the still... <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard because you know that they're still out in the world and living yeah. a life living a life that you know you probably wouldn't yeah. have chosen for them and knowing right. that you could give them you know mm -hmm. so much wow. so yeah so just just so you know to make you a little bit bring you up a little <laughs> bit we we uh about a year or so ago had contact with them you so, did good good how are they doing uh <laughs> <laughs> not good they're, they're they're sweet and we love yeah. them but mm -hmm. uh definitely would have been better off if they just stayed with you delayed unkept yeah. we fed them a lot when they were with us and hung out with us we took them out to do things they don't really get a chance to do much um their life has changed but they are okay and we have to remind ourselves that this is their story this is where they're going to develop their strength as they begin yeah. to live yeah mm -hmm. now the girls are a different story the girls came to us after and uh they were one of the most traumatized cases in erie county for their age they were two and no one Sorry, one and three, two little girls. And I am not going to go into every little detail, but anything that you could ever imagine a little girl going through in their short little lives, they did. They saw, they did, they encountered, they went through. And we got the call, and I remember them telling me that this is not an easy case, that we were going to be their third home. Okay. Oh my gosh. And, you know, Emma and I were like, We've got this. We're strong. We're strong, you know, family. We can do this. Um, they came into our lives. They were beautiful. Oh my God. So much so fun to cute. have girls. Mm -hmm. I loved having boys. <laughs> <But> I <loved laughs> having it was so crazy. Uh, so different. Um, right. Girls are definitely this? different. <laughs> oh my so different. God. <laughs> like, we were always like, we're not going to put gender norms on our kids. And they were like, no, they did it themselves. You know? They were all girls. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but they were so cute, so different. Um, the oldest witnessed and went through a lot more than the youngest. And with her age, she can understand more. Mm -hmm. um, they were a little bit farther in the case that we knew that this might have gone to adoption because of the severity 
mm-hmm. and what was happening already in the case. Because again, we were their third home. So we thought, well, you know, we don't have to possibly go through what we did last time. Right. Because they're probably not going to do visits. And, you know, we want to adopt. And so this could possibly happen. So that was, you know, they came into our home uh, with, they do something called a honeymoon period where mm-hmm. everybody's just happy to be together and then they get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And our two little girls were diagnosed with something called RAD, Reactive Attachment Disorder. And reactive attachment disorder is basically not getting the proper attachment at birth or, mm-hmm. or at, a, at your young development years. years. Um, so you, you don't get that proper attachment. Okay. And so as they're growing, they don't, they don't know what proper attachment is. So like these girls would go up to perfect strangers and call them mommy or mm-hmm. would just walk away with ki- with people. Just no problem whatsoever. There was no stranger danger, no apprehension, nothing. But then they also, when you tried to attach with them, it would feel gross. So they would not want it. And they would do anything in their power to not do that. Mm -hmm. So you're dealing with prickly little babies that it's hard as a parent to like constantly want to be around it Mm because you're going through your own thing. Like you're like, oh my gosh, how do I, (laughs) this kid is killing me right now. How do I even even continue? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, we love you can't them. hug them. You can't yeah. like show affection, and they push you away. Well, you and do stuff. it in a different way. Yeah. Basically, anything we've ever learned as parents, Emma and I, we had to flip it. Mm-hmm. We had to flip it. The way we could never do timeout. Mm-hmm. When they're acting at their worst is when we give them the most attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that sounds like yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Try it. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. moment, it's oh. hard. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. Like, yeah. You are a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ignore you. You know how they yeah. like, just ignore it? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Right. you have to become uh, more involved. Mm-hmm. So with the girls, it was therapies. Therapies. There was more diagnoses happening. Uh, mostly with the oldest, but we had therapies for both. Uh, the oldest uh, got, om- well, pretty much kicked out of daycare. Mm. Uh, I ended up having to leave my career and become a stay-at-home mom. Um, so we we made that decision. I did that. Um, it was very difficult. I have so much love and compassion to stay-at-home moms. Let me just put mm-hmm. it to you that way. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but... I also, you know, have, I, I put myself also in the mix of the trauma and I put myself to be there 24 seven in developed with these, these kids that are going through so much. So it was a lot, you know, mm-hmm. it was a lot. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so that's a girl. Yeah, they were adorable. I got to meet them. They came to Maine, and when you met Annabelle for the first time, we had lunch and hung out for a few hours. They were really sweet. Yeah, they. The, when we were staying, 
we were staying, when we went to Maine, we were staying with my dad, my stepmom. And uh, I remember telling them, like, they're really sweet. They're adorable. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just so you know, (laughs) there's going to be a shit storm. (laughs) And my dad and my stepmom saw it. And they were just like, they did not even know how to deal. They don't even, they couldn't even understand how we did everything we did. Mm-hmm. So it was exhausting. We yeah. went to, we had, okay, perspective is this. I had so many meetings, so many therapy appointments. We had the highest amount of therapy you can get for a child of that age. Mm-hmm. We had therapists coming into our home, coming out of our home, this appointment, that appointment. Then we even had a moment where the oldest choked her sister. Mm-mm. We oh had gosh. a moment where she would throw furniture. We would have a moment where I was spit on. I was hit. I was kicked. There was a moment where the safety of the little girl was, I didn't feel like it was good. Mm-hmm. The oldest ended up going into a mental hospital. Oh my God. Four. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I thought it was the best option mm-hmm. at the time. Just because I needed medical people to see her and figure out how to help right. her. It wasn't Definitely. because I didn't want to deal with it anymore. No. It was downright exhausted. Right. It was more so, I need somebody to, to help us. Uh, the therapist was all for it. Later in as it can as it continued as this whole thing continued the therapist then told OCY that they weren't for it that they thought it was too much that they thought I was to blame for her oh my god there was a lot of this and that back and forth OCY started to think that we were wrong they then there was an encounter where um and I don't really want to disclose too much of what happened in this encounter but there was an encounter that happened so seriously I had to child line it uh between the oldest and the youngest okay which I did because I'm a mandated reporter and I would have anyways and um and I had to remove the youngest from the oldest at bedtime and so I brought the youngest in my bedroom and I okayed it with child line and everything was fine so I let OCY know this and we had, I don't remember the timeline, but we had weeks before made the decision that we were going to do a disruption. We had gone back and forth. And what a disruption is, is that they would leave. Mm. Um, We had approached OCY with the oldest leaving since the youngest was manageable and the youngest didn't deserve to go again and Mm -hmm. for her safety. Um, but we had always been open to having visits and maintaining their relationship and all of that. Right. But OCY wouldn't have it. They would not allow them to be split up. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to know really what the, you know, Mm -hmm. what's the right thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I made that decision. Um, you know, Emma and I made that decision together and we asked for a disruption. So they wouldn't. They would have to take both of them. Um, so a couple of days of the youngest living, in, uh, sleeping in our bedroom, 
And there had been a lot more to this story, but I'm keeping it short. Okay. Mm-hmm. There had mm-hmm. been a OCY caseworker that had come into my home and yelled at me. There had been, yep, there had been bullying and discriminatory emails, lots of things. Okay. Just backstory. But one day they were, they were taking a nap in their separate areas. And, uh, we decided to stay home that day from doing something. And I heard feet on the, on the deck and I heard a knock at the door and it was the caseworker and he was taking them now. So so this time we had no prep Mm -hmm. and I had to get those sweet babies out of their beds. I asked if I could pack a bag and he told me no. What? Why? He said, we didn't have time. Like that's, (laughs) um, and I had to sit those babies down and tell them that they were leaving. And in the meantime, Emma is not home. Oh, no. Oh, my God. So I am trying to stall. And yeah. I texted her. And I don't think she at all went the speed limit. And I tailed it home. The girls were in the car when she got here. I had to do all of this by yourself without mm. scaring them. Yeah. Now, that time when they left, I don't even, I can't even describe to you the screams that came out of me. <clears throat> I can't even imagine. Abby, I'm so sorry. It was hard. So we were done. Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame you. Don't blame you. We were done. Uh, And again, like I said, there's a lot to this, Mm -hmm. but I am trying to keep it short for you. Um, And I remember when I was reaching out to you about it, um, you just said that you were, you were done with fostering entirely. And I know like at that time, I honestly felt like by the end of that one, Mm-hmm. I had nothing to give. Yeah. yeah. I was lot. like, how can I look at another child? How can right. I not be traumatized myself? Right. Yeah. How can I love another child? How can you do that? Right. It's yeah. a lot. And then I remember, and I'm not trying, I, I don't want to cut it off at all. I, when you were going through it, I was just in shock and I just felt so awful. And I remember seeing your post on Facebook and I like was with Mike and I read it to Mike and we both just sat there staring at each other and I was just I had no words and I was I you know that's when I reached out (laughs) and um and then I remember not to like you know rush changing into something a little bit happier but it was maybe a month or two later and you called me and you said that there was this really special circumstance that had happened and that you might be considering possibly trying to foster again. And I just was basically, I was driving, but I was basically like jumping out of my seat. So excited because I really wanted you and Emma to be a mom, to be moms. And mm-hmm. I just felt like this was going to be your chance to get back into parenting and fostering and, you know, it might be a smoother transition. So do you want to tell us a little bit about 
Yes. And before I do, just to let you know, and I think a lot of moms go through this, whether it's infertility or all the different ways in which you can become a parent, right? But like, just to say this to you, Sonia, as a friend of somebody that's fostering, my family never did it. And a lot of my friends never did it. And so when I was going through it, my friends and family had no idea of what to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to comfort. Right. And so it's, you know, thank you for always being <laughs> a really big cheerleader. You know? oh, of course. Of course. No, I'm going <laughs> to... I know, stop it. <laughs> and thank you, anybody that's listening that's a family or friend of Emma and I, because let me say, when, when, the, you know, when it was all finished, mm-hmm. I swear to God, we had mm-hmm. people from <laughs> the United Everywhere. States <laughs> yeah. freaking out because mm-hmm. it was like, following I didn't even know they were following but they were following mm-hmm. my story and yeah. I could not disclose this stuff mm-hmm. on Facebook you know right. And, yeah. right okay so what we found out with uh so when he came to us came by a different name we did name him um I love the name first of all by the way I was just telling Sonia that I was like what a cool name I love that Thank it's you. so beautiful. It is I really cool. <laughs> it's a family name. Actually, it's Love my it. great, great grandfather's name. Um, thank you. So, all right. So Emma was in a relationship with a woman for about 10 years previous to me. Okay. And that woman she was with uh, got pregnant and had a boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I'm not going to use his name because I just want to be respectful. <laughs> She got pregnant and had a boy and Emma helped raise him. And um, he ended up sleeping with a woman, a girl. (laughs) She's very young. (laughs) They're both very young. Mm -hmm. And she got pregnant. Now, there were, I think, like four other um, people that could possibly be the father. Okay. So he was, I guess, summoned you know, um, to, to this, uh, to, to like a fraternity test and everything. Now, Emma helped raise him. And I will say, uh, Emma was absolutely, it is absolutely a phenomenal mother and phenomenal wife. And she did an amazing job with him for, for not having any legal ties to him or anything like that. Like she didn't have anything, mm-hmm. but she he really helped him quite a bit. Well, um, so she was in touch with him. We were both in touch with him. So he let us know. And of course, we were pissed. You know, we were like, <laughs> uh, I'm like, we had the sex talk with you, you know. <laughs> I told him, I said, hey, straight sex makes babies. So, <laughs> you know, That's the best birth control out there. Just be gay. Right, yeah. <laughs> No early pregnancy. So, uh, so, anyways, you know, this happens, and um, 
and he lets us know. And then he, you know, he got summoned because the baby was in the system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't for any other reason except for OCY is now looking for the father. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate using the word father because he's not a father. He's, they, they want to know who the sperm donor is. Okay. They want to mm-hmm. know who the father is. And so, um, so he was summoned because the child was in the system. Okay. And so with the child being in the system, they wanted to find out who the sperm donor is, who the biological father is. Um, so they tested him and he came back that he was him, but we didn't know for a while. Once we found out that that was the case, we, uh, I actually personally called OCY and said, Hey, you know, cause I knew that we could be a kinship option, which is, it's, it's like any family member or any um, friend that is, knows anything to do with the biological family is considered kinship. It doesn't have to be blood relative. So I called OCY and said, hey, there's this baby out there. This is the name or whatever. Um, we just want to know that he's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and if he's not okay, or if he's in a foster home, that's not, you know, whatever. We are open to having him. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, Emma and I had this whole discussion. I mean, we had this whole discussion. And because of the circumstances, it was different. And we knew that no matter what we would do, we would always ask ourselves, you know, what, what's, we wanted to be a part of this baby's life no matter what. Mm-hmm. But right. we always ask ourselves, like, you know, what happened to this child mm-hmm. right so um so we ended up calling up the the um OCY caseworker at that time told me that um that he was in a home that they weren't really too sure about uh and that they that the home wasn't really providing they may have been providing maybe basic needs sometimes but um we're kind of not doing a good job that they've been kind of struggling with this family to, to do it. And they, he was actually in a kinship home. So he was already in a kinship home at this time. Uh, so technically when it came to us, we were his third home again. Mm. Uh, but um, so anyways, uh, and I can't also disclose completely what happened to him because I don't want his story to be right. very open. Uh, mm-hmm. on this That's fine. He did go through extensive things. Uh, mm-hmm. enough that uh, this was not short. I mean, this was short. This was not a long process. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, we set up visits where we went and met him. We met him for the first time. He was just so, so cute. Beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I can't even tell you, he was just a gorgeous little baby. Mm-hmm. And we fed him and we, you know, it was beautiful and it was adorable, but we noticed some things. And when you're a foster parent, you notice things. You notice mm-hmm. that training and you've been around it. You notice things about children. He had his two front teeth were completely black. At he was he was one. Yeah, he was one. Mm-hmm. His two front teeth were black, and he, according to the OCY caseworker, has had diaper rash for months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, among other things. <laughs> So, um, you know, we inquired about that. We waited for this kinship home to bring him to the doctor to, you know, we had to be kind of back, but we were doing visits. The OCY caseworker 
told us that we should be doing visits, get to know him, seeing if, you know, we, we create a bond with him so that then he could transition into our home. He ended up transitioning into our home last June, June 3rd. So the court hearing was June 1st. He came into our home on June 3rd. Um, he, from then on, the previous kinship home was horrible. They were, they were abusive. They were darting a lot of issues with OCY, but OCY did not go on our side again. They went on their side again. And it was like, the child's not even with them. Uh, it was just another shit show. I mean, we, we tried so hard to work with this kinship home, try to keep them involved in his life. It went so far as the kinship home ended up, they found a, they had him for like a, for like a visit and there was a bruise that, that he had right here. Now let's talk about bruises for a minute on children. Okay. <laughs> How many bruises does your child have on their body right now? Right. When they're, yeah. And when they're one. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. I know a bruise when it's like an abusive bruise. There's something different. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, they, I, our speculation is, because we cannot know for certain, but our speculation is that there was a childline call. So before we went to Maine for the first time, December, in December for over Christmas, he was taken from us and he was put into a respite home for two days. Because of that bruise? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, OCY said it was because of the state, but I called the state and the state said, I'm sorry, he's where? <laughs> the state had no idea. So again, OCY comes in and takes our child. So that moment I had, we had all of these feelings flooding back again, all of this trauma. And it was like three days of like, I don't remember my life mm -hmm. trying to get him back. We had this angel of a caseworker from the state that actually did above and beyond for us. He ended up coming back to us and um, Emma and I made a decision that we were not going to have them a part of his life. Yeah. Um, because, because of that. With that being said, you know, he, uh, you know, he's, he's with us and he is just thriving and yeah. And you have, you know, we did all the things we needed to do. You know? Yeah. And you were able to finally adopt him. Right. Uh, parents both signed their rights away. Oh my God. How did that feel? Like, was it like, were you in denial? Like, is this real? Is this seriously happening? Like I, like after everything that you had gone through, you know, like, yes, yes. Sometimes even to this day, like I know it, I know like a lot of it has synced in, but like, even to this day, I have moments where I feel like we should be, I mean, it was our lives for like three years, yep. you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I think of the things that we had to do and I'm like, oh wait, I don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's like my kid. Like he's, he's your kid. Not like he is. He's your child. Yeah. That's and amazing. so, so then, all right. So the adoption day and Sonia, you were there for it, weren't you? Mm -hmm. I was. Yeah. 
It was amazing yeah. to see. There were so many people on and so many people there. Yeah, we had a virtual way of watching it because, mm -hmm. you know, not everybody was there. And, and uh, I did a GoFundMe for my folks to be there because mm -hmm. I, at first I was like, you guys don't need to be there. Like, I totally get it, you know. But then you think to yourself, you're like, well, when you birth your child, don't you, you know what I mean? Don't you kind of want to take your parents there? That's what you mm -hmm. kind of want to have happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, and I kind of had this freak out moment where I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> want them there. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. you do. Of course yeah. you do. So they were there and then uh, Emma's folks were there. And uh, yeah, it, it was it was surreal because... You know, like, again, I'm battling with the fact, I, I, I mean, I still have moments, I'm good now, but like, I always thought I was going to have a baby. So like, mm -hmm. this whole, like, actually becoming a mom thing this way mm -hmm. is like, I don't know how to go through it, you know? Yeah. And so you're in the courtroom and you're like, so this is my, this is my birth. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and everything yeah. else, everything else was your pregnancy. Everything else before was your, was pregnancy. your struggle. Yeah. Your labor. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I you're right. Yeah, definitely. That was oh hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I you're right. It was end stages labor. Yeah. <laughs> was able to hold my baby for the first time it was like right. that moment where you have all those chemicals mm -hmm. um, yeah. so and it's so funny because you don't know you know you don't you know you talk about being very attached Jessica but like sometimes you're like can I love a child that's like not right mm -hmm. like it's scary too you mm -hmm. know right like, like like um or what's gonna happen when he gets older you know like your worst fear is that he doesn't want to call you mom, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's just silly. That's just silly thinking, but that's what you, you know, right. what you think. Right. Uh, and those conversations you're going to have when they're older, you know, but um, in that moment, the the lawyer said, and I, I wish I knew exactly <laughs> what they said, Sonia, but I, I know you remember it. It's like, it was something like you will now be his biological parent. Like mm -hmm. you will be, do you accept yeah. that it's kind of like when you go get married and you say i do yes like that. that's exactly what it reminded me of yeah yeah yes because you and emma both had to swear and you basically yeah. did say i do to being his parents oh mm -hmm. yeah beautiful oh. it was mm -hmm. it was insane it was insane it was such a beautiful happy ending to such a really dark storm that you mm -hmm. guys we're in for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had this moment and it's kind of special. I want to share it really quick after. So after the, after the hearing, we went back and we had a little party at a restaurant with whoever wanted to come. And, um, and I was, I took and I put him on the changing table and I was changing his diaper. And I think for the, really like the first time he like, he knew Mm -hmm. something was going on because this whole day had been like a big deal right mm -hmm. yeah he was all dressed up he had this little tie on <laughs> and he just looked up at me and it was like for the first time he looked at me and like he looked at me as a mom mm -hmm. like a real mom yeah because this whole time 
no matter how attached you get to every one of those babies. Because I know every one of those babies so much mm-hmm. that if I saw them, like I, I've never talked to the girls again, but I, I have this feeling like if I ever saw them somewhere that I would know yeah. who they are. Yeah. But you have these like moments, but you have to guard your heart a little. Mm-hmm. But then when you're able to like legit just let yeah. go <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're saying to yourself like, I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Like this is my baby to love and to mess up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know, nobody has to tell me what to do. No, you know right. I mean? No more reporting to anybody. You can yes. literally be a mom. You guys right. be mothers uh, and just yeah. do and what you do. Yeah. And mm. that was that was that was a that was a moment for me for sure. And I just bent down and kissed him. And just yeah. told him that, you know, that he's my son. And mm-hmm. I still, like, get these unbelievable, like, feelings mm-hmm. when I say the word son. Yeah. And it's really funny. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And oh when you gosh. guys were here, too, you guys came, um, what, a couple weeks ago. It was just so beautiful because he definitely is, like, 100% integrated. Like, he knows who his parents are, and Aww. he just loves you guys so much. And How it was old just, is he? Yeah. He's two. Two years old. Also, oh, he's, like, Annabelle's age. Yeah, right? he's like, playing together and what? stuff. They were so cute. <laughs> he's a Aww. few months older. He's a little, yeah. he's, yeah, but... I mean, they were just so cute. Oh my gosh. I yeah, love I that so much. I was like, Jessica, I told Sonia, I was like, listen. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> when I come up to Maine, I'm designating a day that mm-hmm. we are going to go to the beach <laughs> and we're going to be our babies and we're going to take all kinds of, because we used to go to the beach all the time together. And yeah. we're babies and they're going to play together. And they did. And it yeah, was I love that. adorable. You know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow, Abby. I I had no idea all that had been going on. I just I just saw one day, you know, a Facebook post and he had that, that little emoji on his face because I think you were still in the process at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I had asked Tony, I was like, what's going on? And she kind of gave me a little bit of, she's like, well, they're in the process of, a, of adopting and stuff. And it's, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so that was the first that I ever knew. But I, I, you know, it's, it's like the iceberg effect, you know, where people are like, oh, they have all this great stuff. But it's like you, but there's so much underneath the surface that happened to get there. And it's like at face value, you see this beautiful family and it's like picture perfect. They were able to adopt. Everything's great and peachy keen, but it's like, yeah, but right. Here's the story <laughs> that it took to get there. It's right. Like, and that's what I was kind of saying before, you know, it's so easy for people to say, well, you can always adopt. You can just adopt. And it's just like, you know, unless you have a ton of money, like 30 grand just laying around in the bank, yeah. Right. You, you have to go the fostering route because right. I mean, I looked into it. It's, it's not cheap. It's right. not no. cheap. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. No, and so it's... you have to go the fostering route and then that comes with its own, you know, toll that you have to pay and at the expense of your own heartache. And it's just, right. It's a lot. And none it of it is pretty. Person. None of it is pretty. None of it is easy and it's incredibly emotional. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. But, you know, I do want um, anybody that's listening to really, I like, again, this was 
my our experience, you know, our mm-hmm. experience through the foster to adult process. It's not always like that, but you know, I we did meet with people and we did start a couple of processes to help make the whole thing better. Okay, mm-hmm. so good. Who knows? And good. I uh, went about doing that. Okay? That's awesome. But, yeah. But if you are considering doing this, please don't let my testimony be right. the current because it's not easy. And I told you the truth, mm-hmm. but there is a need for good foster parents. And there's a need so much so as if something like this happens to you, you need to speak out mm-hmm. because it's not going to change you guys didn't know this is what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Sonia knew it, this is what happens. We have all heard that the, the system is flawed. Right. But until you actually have stake in the game, skin in the game, when you mm-hmm. know somebody that's going through it or you're going through it yourself, you don't really put effort in there. Right. Mm-hmm. So know that if you are considering it, it's okay to be attached. That is part of it. That you're stronger than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And that we need you. Yeah. That we need you. Yeah. So true. Well, we want to say thank you so much. And I know that I'm privileged because I'm your friend and you said that you would do this. But I, just <laughs> I know. This was, this was amazing. I, yeah. I had no idea, like I said. And so I know that was... That was a lot for you to have to revisit, you know, a lot of memories there. So I really, really, really do appreciate you opening up and sharing. And, um, yeah, this is a very valuable conversation. So, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. Of course. So we are going to leave it at that. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll be discussing crazy pregnancy myths from heartburn and hairy babies, eating too many oranges being the cause of having an orange baby, to ugly animals determining a baby's looks. You won't believe what's floating around out there. And the crazy part, people believe this shit. So follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend. We need your support. For more info, you can check out our website, www.geriatricmamas.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at geriatric underscore mamas, on Twitter at geriatric mamas, and follow our Facebook page, Geriatric Mamas. And we also have a group page on Facebook as well. If you have a topic idea you'd like us to you'd like us to discuss, are interested in being a guest, or simply have a funny geriatric story to tell. You can email us at geriatricmamas at gmail.com. We also have a new web form that Sonia just created today. So you can go to our website as well and um, (laughs) submit a request there also. So thanks again. Thank you so much, Abby. This was awesome. Bye, guys. Bye.